Last Sunday, as a precursor to the book of Revelation, we're going to talk about understanding the end times. Amen. Amen. And once again, there's a lot going on in the world today. And what we're witnessing is not the Bible lining up with the world. But what we're witnessing, once again, is the world lining up with the Bible. Amen. Amen. And what God and the prophets saw coming through the Spirit is happening today before our eyes. Are you following me out there? What are we seeing? We're seeing failing money markets, world banks failing, national bankruptcies. We're seeing food shortages. We're seeing earthquakes, volcano eruptions. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're seeing hurricanes. We're seeing moral decline. We're seeing social gospel and powerless churches all exist all at one time in every nation, folks. We see lawlessness and fear are universal. We see international socialism seem to be the answer being shouted out by, uni by the unified media. Amen. We see liberal governments and we see liberal, liberal churches. Amen. We even see Israel is surrounded on, listen, they're surrounded on, they're surrounded on every side by those who want to destroy here. Come on. And at this point, they're being hated of all nations for God's name. And see, what the Bible has clearly predicted is on our doorstep. Let me say it again. What the Bible has clearly predicted is on our, is on our doorstep. And without the soon return of Jesus, the only hope for this world is revival. That's why we continue to pray for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all people and all nations. We're still praying that. Amen. But once again, what I want to do is challenge you to open your heart to the word of God today and open your eyes to what is happening in the world today. Start listening to the news. Come on, say amen, somebody. You need to find out what's going on in Israel. Amen, because Israel is the center of everything. You need to keep up with Israel, folks. Amen. And what's happening, the atmosphere is lining up like there before, spiritually Morally, politically, economically, in every way. Somebody say in every way. And once again, because of what we're seeing, don't let your heart fail or don't let your heart get into fear for what's coming on mankind in this world. Matter of fact, go to Luke 21, 28 again. Don't let your heart fail and don't let your heart get in fear. Come on. He said these things were going to come to pass. It's going to get worse before it gets better for the world, for the world. Luke 21, 28 says, and, these, and when these things begin to what? You're going to have to read your Bible today because when WAPA goes out, it knocks out our computer. <laughs> Amen. So until they catch up, you're going to have to catch up. You keep up with me. So get out your Bible, get out your phone, get out your tablet, whatever you have. <laughs> Amen. Bruce ain't used his phone in years. Come on, Bruce. Come back up. Luke 21, 28. <laughs> Once again, when these things begin to come to pass, then what? Look up and lift up your heads for your what? For your redemption draweth nigh. He said, look up in faith and look up in anticipation because why? Our redemption is closer than ever, folks. Now, last Sunday, we started out looking at one of the most incredible doctrines in the Word of God, and we started looking at the rapture of the church. Amen? 
And the Bible teaches that we are to exhort, comfort, and encourage one another by teaching on the fact that Jesus is coming back for the church, folks. Tell your neighbor, he's coming soon. And studying the end time events is exciting, but understand the rapture is not a heaven or hell issue. You don't have to believe in the rapture of the church to be born again. But the Bible encourages you in the word of God to study the end time events. You need to study what? The end time events. Amen. And we've seen where there were three verses in the New Testament that begin with the phrase, I would have not you be what? Ignorant. Somebody say, don't be ignorant. The phrase, I would not have you ignorant, actually means, I know you're ignorant about this subject, but you don't have to be. Let me say it again. I know you're ignorant about this subject, but you don't want have to be. And see, we understand the end time events. You must understand, in order, but in order to understand the end time events, you must understand that God is a God of order. And God is a God of logic. And to understand the end time events, we begin the subject of dispensations last week. I ain't going to quiz you. Hallelujah, even though I should. The reason we're covering this dispensation, because why? Because God has divided events into time periods. Amen? And we briefly looked at all seven dispensations. The first dispensation was the dispensation of innocence. The second was the dispensation of conscience. The third was the dispensation of human government. The fourth was the dispensation of what? Promise. The fifth was the dispensation of what? Of the law. And the sixth was the dispensation of the what? Church or grace. And the last one was the what? The millennium dispensation. And we said there's a common thread between every dispensation. The common thread is God starts it and man ends it. Let me say it again. God starts it and man ends it. In every dispensation, God successfully begins the dispensation, but man successfully brings it to an end. In other words, each dispensation begins with righteousness, but it always ends with sin. All right, follow me. Now, we ended last week with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Turn there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Where it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were what? Framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do what? Appear. Once again, through what? Faith we understand the what? The worlds were what? Framed. How were they framed? By the word of God. Once again, when most people read this verse, they often translate it as God having created the planets. But the Greek word for worlds is aeon. The Greek word for worlds is aeon. Somebody say aeon. And the Greek word for rhema, I mean word for word is rhema here. In other words, he said it was framed by the word of God or rhema of God, which is the spoken word of God. Aeon is ages. Come on, say amen, somebody. So the world, worlds is what? Aeon, which is what? Translated ages. And the word word is what? Rhema, which is what? The spoken word of God. In other words, by faith, it's saying here, 
we understand that the ages were framed by the spoken word of God. Let me say it again. By faith, we understand that the ages were framed by the what? Spoken word, spoken word of God. What is the verse saying? By faith, God made all the time periods and he framed them in. Say it again. By faith, God did what? He made all the time periods and he did what? He framed them in. He knew ahead of time each time period would begin and when it would also end. He framed them by his what? By the spoken word of God. See, God knows in his heart when the church age will end. God knows because why? Because it has been planned and then framed by the what? By the what? Word of God. And the greatest relief to our heart should be God knows the future, even if we don't. Say it again. God knows the future, even when we want, don't. He knew when the church age began, and he knew, and he knows when it's going to want. And God has a whole plan in order, folks. And he has framed it with his what? Spoken word. I want you to turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Today, we want to particularly isolate the period of time called the church age. That's our age. Somebody say our age. Which referred to as the dispensation of mystery. It's referred to as the dispensation of what? Mystery. Are you ready to be taught today? Amen. You need to be taking notes because you're not going to remember everything that I say. Hallelujah. You tell them on you got a smartphone. You got a smartphone for a reason. It's supposed to be smarter than you where you can type in the words. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because if you had a notebook pad, you would take notes. So you use your smartphone. Hello? Glory to God. Amen. Once again, we're going to talk about what? The period, is called, the period of time called the what? Church age. was referred to as the what? The dispensation of mystery. Now, the church age begin. On the day of Pentecost. And it will end at the rapture of the church. Say it again. The church age began on the what? Day of Pentecost. And it will end when? At the rapture of the church. This dispensation has lasted approximately 2,000 years, folks. And it is rapidly coming to an end. Now, we know the dispensation of mystery is the what? It's the sixth dispensation, but it's also referred to as the dispensation of grace. Somebody say the dispensation of grace. And just as all the other dispensations, the dispensation of grace is framed by the what? By the spoken word of God. Everything was made by the what? Spoken word of God. God the Father, guess what? God the Father didn't create anything. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us Jesus created everything. Look at Colossians 1.16. Everything was made by the what? Spoken word of God. God the Father did not create anything. Jesus created what? Everything. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by him, talking about who? Jesus were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and what? Invisible. Whether they be what? Thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all 
things were what? Created by him and for him. For he is before all things, and by him all things what? What's left after all? And he is the head of the what? He's head of the what? Body, the, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things that he might have what? The preeminence. Jesus created everything, and he created everything for himself. God the Father spoke it, but Jesus Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, actually made it come to pass. He even created time. Are you following me out here? Jesus created the church age. He created the what? Church age. He created what? The church age. And since all things were made by him and for him, it makes reference to not only Israel, amen, but it also makes reference to the church. Let me say it again. He made reference to what? Not only Israel, but he makes reference to what? To the church. He created all things for him, by him. Are you with me out there? Matter of fact, go to Matthew 13, 44. For some of you looking at me like, what is he talking about? We're going to explain it right now. <laughs> Amen? He created the church age. He created all things that were made. They were made by him and for him. And he makes reference not only to Israel, amen, but he also makes reference to the what? Church. And here you're going to find the reference to Israel and the reference to the church right here. In Matthew 13, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto what? Treasure hid in a field. And which when a man has found, he what? He hideth it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and does what? Buy at that field. Now, in this parable, Jesus is making reference to Israel, and Israel is the treasure hidden in the field. I'm explain why. Israel is what? The treasure hidden in the field. And look at verse 45. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking what? Goodly pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, when did what? Sold all that he had and did what? Bought it. The pearl represents the church. We are of great price. Tell your neighbor, you are of great price. Amen. Especially in the eyes of God. Now think about this. Go back to, if you can, go back to 44. A treasure comes from the land. I'm talking about diamonds, rubies, sapphires, emeralds. Each of the different jewels in the breastplate, remember that, come on, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, all are found buried in the earth. On the other hand, a pearl is found in the sea. I'm going slow. Y'all follow me now. A pearl is what? A pearl is found in a what? See, but what is the difference between a gem and a pearl? Gems are formed, but a pearl is built. Let me say it again. Gems are what? Formed in the earth, but a pearl is what? Built. See, a pearl begins with one little irritating stone. 
and his name is Jesus. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. He went to hell for three days and three nights and completely irritated the devil. And since that time, the church has been built upon him one layer at a time. He is the central focal point, focal point of the church. And once the pearl was finally formed, the only way to remove the pearl is to lift it out of its place. And one Jesus, one day Jesus will return and lift that finished pearl, the church. And at that time, the church will be complete. I think I'm going to need to go over that one more time. For some of you looking at me still trying to catch it. All right. I'll say it again. What's the difference between a gem and a pearl? A gem is formed in the ground. But a pearl was built. A pearl begins with a little irritating stone. Come on, have you ever looked? Some of y'all did study this in school. Come on, way back then when you're in grade school. Amen. But that stone is Jesus. What did he do? He went to hell for three days and three nights. And he completely irritated the devil. Come on. And since that time, the church has been built upon him one layer at a time. He is the central focal point of the what? Church. Once the pearl is finally formed. The only way to remove the pearl is to do what? Lift it out of its place. Come on. And one day Jesus is going to what? One day Jesus is going to return and lift the finished pearl, the church. And at that time, the church will be complete. But while the pearl has been being built, the treasure has been hidden. However, one day, Jesus will dig up the tre treasure one last time and deal with it for seven years, which is called the tribulation. Let me say it again. While the pearl has been being built, the treasure has been hidden. However, one day, Jesus will what? He'll dig up the treasure one last time and deal with it for how many years? Seven years, that period of time is called the what? Tribulation. This will be the last seven years of Jewish history. See, the tribulation period is more about Israel than anything. It's not even about you. It's God dealing with Israel. So if you want to stay here and tribulate, you can tribulate all you want. But I'm checking out of here on the first load because they're going to be different loads. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, even though Israel has been buried and Jewish time has been suspended right now, God has not done away with them. Amen. See, prior to the day of Pentecost, Israel was God's central focus. Let me say it again. Prior to when? The day of what? Pentecost. Israel was what? God's primary focus. Look at John chapter 1 verse 11. Israel was God's focus point. John chapter 1 verse 11 says, He came unto his own, talking about Jesus, and his what? His own what? 
But who did he come to? He came to his own. And his own what? Listen, Jesus was Jewish. Hello? He was what? Jewish. Now turn to Matthew 21, 33. And sometimes we forget Jesus was Jewish. Matthew 21, 33. He says, talking about this parable. He said, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to the husbandmen and went into a what? Went to a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servant to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat the one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first. And they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and did what? Slew him. When the Lord, therefore, the vineyard cometh, what will he do? This is the question he's asking them. What will he do unto the husbandmen? And they responded in verse 41. They said unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits and their what? Seasons. Jesus said, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. Because he said in verse 42, Jesus said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. This was taken out of Psalms 118 verse 22 and 23 because Jesus did know scripture, folks. Verse 43 says, therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruit thereof. Come on, say amen, somebody. God gave the kingdom to a nation that cared. The kingdom of God was taken from the Jews and given to us, the church. But listen to me closely. God did not replace Israel. There's still a place in God's heart for Israel, and there'll always be a place in God's heart. So don't you talk about Israel and get your mouth off Israel. They are still anointed. And they're still God's people. God is just using us, the Bible says, to provoke them to jealousy. Why? So they'll come back and receive his son Messiah again. Matter of fact, go to Romans 10, 19. Because you got church folks saying that we replaced Israel. And that's wrong. That's error. They're just like on a timeout. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. What's Romans 10, 19? That's, that's what Romans is all about. It tells you about how God's going to deal with Israel again. And he hasn't forgot about them. Romans 10, 19 says, but I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses said, I will provoke you to what? Jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. 
That's what God's doing. He's using us to bring them to jealousy, folks. So you should be blessed. The problem is church don't know where God placed them. Come on, God, you should be so blessed that you should provoke somebody to jealousy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the church comes from what? The church comes from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. And the church is that pearl that came from the seas of all mankind. And the pearl has been being built for 2,000 years. Are you with me out here? But again, after the pearl is complete and lifted out, Jewish time will be reinstated for seven more years. Because right now, the clock stopped for them because of this dispensation of grace. The clock will not start back up until the church is lifted out. Are y'all following me? Until the pearl is what? Lifted out. And when the pearl is lifted out, that means the pearl has now been complete. We're not complete yet. Come on, say amen, somebody. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. Are you, did you understand all that? If you look at Paul's ministry, Paul has an awesome responsibility here, folks. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, he says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words. Verse 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. Somebody say mystery. Come on, say mystery. Mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the, by the Spirit. That what? That the Gentiles should be what? Fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Amen? So Paul was given this what? Responsibility of this mystery. We'll go to... Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. He said, by revelation, he was made known unto him this mystery. So God gave him this mystery. Amen? This is an awesome responsibility. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. He says, whereof I am made a what? Minister. According to the what? Dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to do what? To fulfill the word of God. To keep this verse in context, whereof, when he says, whereof I am made a minister, whereof refers back to the previous verses speaking about the church. Somebody say the church. In other words, it was for the sake of the church that I made a minister according to the dispensation of God again the word dispensation is mentioned are you following me then the verse continues which is given to me to do what for you to do what to do what to do what fulfill the word of God 
The word fulfill is the Greek word pleroma. Pleroma. P-L-E-R-O-M-A. Pleroma. And it means to fill a deficiency. It means to what? To what? Now, the best way to illustrate this is to, I want you to do this. I want you to picture an empty glass. Think of the empty glass as the word of God. Moses came. He filled it up with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then Joshua came along. He added more. Next, David came. He added the Psalms and the Proverbs. They're pulling his glass. Come on, are you with me out here? Then came the major and the minor prophets. Then sometime after that came Matthew, Luke, Mark. Come on, John. They added the what? The Gospels. Paul was given a serious responsibility, folks, in his lifetime. Look at 2 Corinthians 11.23. 2 Corinthians 11, 20. Keep that picture of the glass in mind. The word of God being poured in this glass through all these men and women of God in the Old Testament, right? And also New Testament in the Gospels. So 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, Paul mentions the pressures and trials he suffered. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. He says, and labor is more abundant and strives above measure, and prisons more frequent, and the devs all. Oh, Paul went through a lot, folks. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. <laughs> five times. Twice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. At that point, I think after the first one, y'all would have said, uh, God didn't call me to the ministry. <laughs> Y'all would have said, this can't be God. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> he said, twice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Twice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. And journeyings often in pearls of water and pearls of robbers. And pearls by my own countrymen, my own folk. And pearls by the heathen. And pearls in the city. And pearls in the wilderness, and pearls in the sea, and pearls among false brethren, and weariness, painfulness, and watching office, and hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, and cold, and nakedness. And you think you've been through something? You ain't got nothing to say. Quitting church. I ain't going to that church no more because they hurt my feelings. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I didn't like where the usher set me. I'm going to a church where I can be seated where I want to sit. That's childish. <laughs> be put, in, put yourself in Paul's position here. He says, in weariness and painful and watching off and hunger and thirst and fasting off and in cold and nakedness. Then he says, besides those things that are, that are without, that was coming upon me daily, the care of all you folk. <laughs> the care of all the what? Churches, because sheep bite. <laughs> I 
and they bite hard sometimes. <laughs> Amen? Now understand this. Even though Paul went through all of this, the greatest pressure on Paul's life was completing the word of God. Come on. Imagine the pressure of standing with Moses, David. Come on, are you with me out here? Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the prophets of the Old Testament, then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Imagine the pressure of God tapping you on the shoulder and saying, Paul, I would like you to complete the Bible. I would like you to feel the deficiency. You can't tell me that is not an awesome responsibility. And by the time Paul began writing the epistles, the glass was two-thirds full. Are you following me out here? Go back to Colossians 1.25 again. He says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the what? Dispensation of God which is given to me for you to what? Fulfill what? To fill the deficiency in the word of God. Even, verse 26, even the mystery which has been what? Hid from ages and from generations. But now is made manifest to his saints. That was responsibility he has to what? To give them the mystery that has been hidden for ages, folks. And from what? Generations. But now is what? Made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known. What is the what? Riches of the glory of this mystery among the who? Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you. The hope of glory. What's Paul saying? Paul was saying, there is a dispensation unknown in the Old Testament. David did not know it was coming. Moses did not know it was coming. The angels did not know it was coming. Even the 12 disciples did not know it was coming, although Jesus alluded to it, but they still did not know it was coming. Are you with me out here? It was even a surprise to Satan. He also did not know this dispensation was coming. Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 7. See, you got to understand where you at. You're at the right place at the right time. God made it sure that you were born in this time period. So stop wishing you was born back then. You wouldn't be able to handle back then anyway. <laughs> First Corinthians 2, 7. It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a what? Mystery. Even a what? Even the hidden mystery. Hidden wisdom, which God ordained before what? The world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan would have never crucified Jesus if he knew about this time period that we're living in right now. If he knew about this dispensation. Are you with me out there? Only God the Father. Only Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit knew about the coming of this dispensation. And when the dispensation of grace began, the rules changed. 
to your neighbor, the rules change. And since the rules change, we have a section of the Bible written specifically for our dispensation. Let me say that again. Since the rules have changed, we have a section in the Bible written specifically for our, written for us, folks. And here are those, just those chapters. It's Acts chapter, through, chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 through Revelations, chapter 3. Acts chapter 2 through what? Revelation chapter 3. They are the books covering the mystery. The epistles are the meat for our dispensation for us. That's why when I tell people when they read the Bible, I tell them don't start in the Old Testament. I tell them to read St. John because that's that's, it tells you more about the Holy Ghost. Then I tell them to go to the epistles of Paul because that's the Bible talking to us in our dispensation. Know what dispensation you're in. So what are the chapters from where? Acts chapter through what? Revelations chapter 3. Matter of fact, chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Revelations addresses who? The seven churches. By the time we get to chapter 4, the churches are no longer mentioned. Read it for yourself. The next description in chapter 4 is what? Is of heaven. Where the church has been taken at that point. And at that point, the, the, the Jewish, the earth returns back to Jewish time. That's when the seven years begin again. Say it again. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 address the seven churches. By the time you get to chapter 4, are you with me out there? Amen. The church is no longer mentioned. The next description is of heaven in chapter 4. Amen. Where is the church in chapter 4? The church is in heaven in chapter 4. And at this point, the earth returns to Jewish time where God deals with Israel for the next seven years. That's the tribulation. You got it? I don't see enough heads shaking. <laughs> How about y'all in the back? Y'all got it? Y'all got it? You better know what disposition you're in, folks. Because like we said, Jesus is coming soon. Everything's in the world has been framed it by the spoken word of God, folks. But I want to switch over. Let's talk about the Greek word mysterion. That's M-U-S-T-E-R-I-O-N, mysterion, which is the Greek word for mystery. Let's study this word because why? We want to give an understanding of the mystery of God, the mystery that God had hidden. The mystery that God had what? Hidden. The Greek word mysterion is one of the oldest Greek words found, folks. This word goes back to the ancient fraternities. You ever heard of them before? Amen. These ancient, these ancient fraternities had teachings only accessible to members. When a man joined a fraternity, he was sworn to secrecy concerning anything that went on in that secret meeting. 
Amen? And see, fraternities have existed for many, many years going back to the time of Solomon's temple. If you ever read the book of Daniel, when Daniel was taken captive in Babylon, he was made a member of a fraternity known as astrologers. Are you following me? This fraternity studied what? They studied science, they studied the stars, and they studied mathematics. And because Daniel was so brilliant, he was then inducted into this fraternity, and this fraternity lasted for thousands of years, and we find their descendants, the magi, the wise men mentioned in the book of Matthew. Amen? Think about it. When did King Herod and all Jerusalem notice the wise men? First of all, it was unusual for the wise men to leave the east. And secondly, the Bible never tells us that there were only three wise men that we have been traditionally taught. <laughs> and we see in a little plays that we have on stage. As a matter of fact, wise men typically traveled in caravans of 50 to 100 men. Are you listening to me out here? When these men arrived in Jerusalem, notice what they asked. Look at Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. When these men arrived in Jerusalem, notice what they asked. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Are you there? So now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came what? Came what? Wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen what? His star in the east, and are come to what? Worship him. Now, if these wise men would have asked, if they would have said, We're looking for the king of the Jews, Rather than he that is born of the king of the Jews, what Herod would have done, Herod would have said, it's me. I'm the one you're looking for. But Herod was not born king of, born a king. Matter of fact, he, is, he usurped the throne. In fact, Herod wasn't even a Jew. Are you with me out here? So these wise men, they were so far from the normal travels, it took them two years to reach Jerusalem. What they do? They followed a star in the east. And since they studied the stars, one day when a new star appeared, they knew this meant that the Messiah had been born. And they followed the star to Jerusalem, and finally they found their Messiah where? In Bethlehem. But look at verse 7. We know Herod wanted one of these wise men to do what? To tell them where they had found the Messiah, right? So in verse 7 it said, Then Herod, when he privately called the wise men, inquiring of them diligently, diligently what time the star appeared, he sent them to what? Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. You lie, you fry. And when they heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, because they studied the stars, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child, notice that where the young child was. 
And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the what? The young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and what? Worship him. And when they opened up their treasures and presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Listen, at this time, we know Jesus was two years old. When they seen the star, he was born. When they started following the star, he was born. It took them two years to get to Bethlehem. By the time they got to him, he was what? Two years old. Then verse 12, it says, being warmed of God in a what? Dream that they should not what? Return their hair. They departed unto their own country another way. You have religions that believe that the star was of the devil. If the star was of the devil, the, devil, the star would let them back to Herod. But God said what? I want you to go back another way. But understand this. God is the ultimate provider. Somebody say God is the ultimate provider. What did they bring to Jesus? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. From 50 to 100 wise men. You hear what I said? What they bring? From 50 to 100 wise men. Why did God bring so much? Because why? That was going to be used to sustain Jesus and his family for the next two years in Egypt where God had led them. Read verse 13. And when they were what? Departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into what? Egypt. But God said, I'm going to make sure I provide for you in Egypt. Here, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Two years worth of provisions, folks. Come on. When God sends you somewhere, he'll always provide for you. Now, the Greek word for wise men is magi. Somebody say magi. This is where we get the English word magic. I'm teaching you this morning. Now, the magi were part of an ancient fraternity who were brilliant men, amen, once again, in the study of mathematics, study of science, and the study of what? Of true, let me listen to now, true astrology. True astrology. For those of you who got them necklaces and true astrology. For those of you going to talk about I'm a Libra and I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm a this and I'm a that. I'm a this and I'm a that. Then you look at the newspaper and say, What's my zodiac say 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 for me today? How's my life going to turn out today? <laughs> By true astrology, I mean the true study of the stars to learn of God and the plan of redemption. It was never God's intention for us to look to the stars for direction each day. 
That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Modern astrology is Satan's perversion of God's original attention and intention. Do you hear me? That is Satan's perversion. Matter of fact, if you do a study on it, Marilyn Hickey has an excellent book. She talks about the stars in astrology. Each sign of the zodiac actually paints a plan of redemption. Let me say it again. Each sign of the zodiac actually paints the plan of redemption. Matter of fact, Virgo is the virgin. Virgo speaks of the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aquarius, holding the water pot, represents the Holy Spirit being poured out on the day of Pentecost. Are you with me out here? Sagittarius has a bow and arrow. If you follow the path of the arrow, it's aimed at the heart of Scorpio, who represents Satan. So you better not be calling yourself a Scorpio. He shakandata. <laughs> And directly above the head of Scorpio is a hill. What did Genesis 3.15 says? Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 says, he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. The heel is about to crush Scorpio's head. Which represents the entire plan of salvation. God intended the stars, God intended the stars to paint the gospel, not that stuff you hang around your neck. But unfortunately, because the Magi belonged to a fraternity, the secrets of what they truly thought were, were truly taught were lost when they died off. So the true astrology was never passed on. And what we have today is Satan's version of astrology. Are you following me out here? Hallelujah. Let's go back to talking about the mystery. So when talking about the mystery, we need to know what's included in this mystery that's been set aside for our dispensation. Somebody say our dispensation. Now, give me a little picture. If you could draw an imaginary circle around the church, everything contained within that circle is part of the mystery. Some might say everything inside the circle is part of the mystery. Again, the mystery begins on the day of Pentecost, and it ends when? At the rapture of the church. Amen. Now, a number of errors are included as part of the mystery of the church. The mystery of who? Of just the church. The first mystery or the first area in the mystery is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Turn to John 16, 7. This is part of the what? Mystery. 
the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Where he comes to live where? In you. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I what? Go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will what? Send him unto you. He's specifically talking about the Holy Spirit. Now go back to John 14, 16. Come on, are you with me out there? John 14, 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you what? Another comforter that he may what? Abide with you for how long? How long? How long is the Holy Spirit with you? Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it what? It seeth him not, neither know of him, but you know, but you know him, for he what? He dwell what? With you, and he shall be what? In you. See, he says he dwelleth with you. He dwelleth with you as present tense. He shall be in you for future tense. See, throughout the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit had always been with believers. He's always been with believers. But it was not until the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit could actually live inside men. Are you following me out here? They didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, inside of them like we do right now. Now, the next area that was part of the mystery is the individual priesthood of every believer. Go to 1 Peter 2, 9. See, in the Old Testament, there was a what? Priestly tribe. But God was looking forward for the day that when every believer would be a priest. And Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, but you are a what? Oh, come on, y'all. You're a what? Come on, son. I'm in a chosen generation. God chose me for such a time as this. Come on. He said, you are a what? Chosen generation. A what? Royal priesthood. A what? Holy nation. A what? Procure. We're not like everybody else. So stop trying to act like everybody else. Stop trying to talk like everybody else. Stop trying to look like everybody else. <laughs> you are peculiar people. That you shall show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is part of the mystery, folks. Things unknown in the Old Testament, but are revealed in the New. Our next area that's, that's revealed this, um, in, the, in the mystery is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the infilling of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, there was never the infilling of the Holy Spirit with believers speaking in tongues. Are you following me out here? Matter of fact, Isaiah, he prophesied about it, but he never experienced it. Matter of fact, go to Isaiah 28, 11. He prophesied about it, but he what? Never experienced it. And Isaiah 28, 11. He says, with the what? Stammering lips and another tongue will he what? Speak to this people. 
to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you shall call, I, you may call the weary to rest. And this is the what? Refreshing, yet they would not hear. Because why? Speaking in tongues brings a rest. Speaking in tongues brings a refreshing that people miss out on. Because they don't believe that speaking in tongues is for us today. Isaiah was prophesying about the future that we're living in right now, folks. Go to Isaiah 33, 19. He refers to it again. He said, thou shalt not, shall not see a fierce people, a people of a deeper speech than thou canst perceive. With a what? Of a stammering tongue that thou canst not understand. What was he doing? He's prophesying, folks. See, the Holy Spirit was with the Old Testament saints, but he was not in them. Are you with me out there? Well, guess what? He's in us. Tell your neighbor, he's in you. Now, the next area that was a mystery is the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are for every believer. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. These are all inside that circle, which is what's called the what? The mystery. We know you had it, Chanel. We just, it just going to come out your t- the tongue. <laughs> Amen. Now, in, in the Old Testament, understand this. Only the prophet, the priest, and the king could operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But with the new covenant, every believer can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Some of y'all just scared to. You're chicken. <laughs> amen, because you're afraid you might mess up. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He's talking to the Corinthian church. He's talking to the church here. He says, now concerning what? Now concerning what? Spiritual gifts, brethren. He said, I would not have you what? Have you what? Ignorant. Now look at verse 4. He starts listing them. Now they are what? Diversities of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. And they are differences of administration, but the same what? Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but the same God will work of what? All in all. But verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given. To who? Does that include you? Come on, does that include you? Are you part of every man? To do what? To profit there all. Every believer can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Just most believers are chicken. (laughs) Hallelujah. So that's another area. That's inside the what? Circle, which is called the what? Mystery. She got it. Now she wants to flow like she really knows what she's talking about now. <laughs> now, another area of mystery is the church itself. The church, which is called the body of Christ, did not exist in the Old Testament. Are you listening to me out here? When did it begin? I done said it about 20, at least eight times. When did it begin? When did it begin? The day of Pentecost. Yes, Rika got she, you know, she, she didn't want to say it too loud, but <laughs> just to make sure she didn't mess up. <laughs> it began on, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. Amen? Look at Acts 246. 
It says, after the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.46, it says, and they what? Continued daily with one accord in the what? Temple, breaking bread from what? House to house. Did eat their meat with what? Gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the what? Added to the what? Church, how often? Daily, such as should be saved. See, people are, are being added daily to the church as they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The church was not mentioned in the Old Testament. They, know, they knew nothing about the church. Now, the last area of mystery that's inside this circle is the new birth. The new birth did not exist in the Old Testament. Go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We all know this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Are you still with me there? Come on, are you learning anything? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. Anybody in Christ in here? A couple of y'all. Anybody in Christ in here? He is a what? No creature. All things are passed away and behold what? All things are become new. Why? Because the new birth is part of the mystery. Amen? It's inside the circle. But now let's look at what's not included in the mystery that's outside the circle. Amen? It's not included what? In the mystery. The death of Jesus is not included in the mystery. See, it's not included in the mystery because why? It was prophesied about in the Old Testament in Psalms 33 and 53. It occurred prior to the day of Pentecost. Therefore, it's not part of the mystery. Are you following me out here? The next is not included is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's not included in the mystery. The resurrection is not part of the mystery because why? It too is documented in the Old Testament and it occurred when? Before the day of before the day of Pentecost. Amen. Matter of fact, look at Psalms 110 verse 1. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus where? Seated at the right hand of the Father. This is the Old Testament. Psalms 110 1 says, The Lord said unto my Lord, do what? Sit down at my right hand until I what? Until I make thy enemies thy what? Footstool. What was God saying? Basically, God was saying to Jesus, sit down. Listen to me now. Sit down for 2,000 years until the devil is com put completely under your feet. Now, even though David prophesied it by the Spirit of God, he did not understand what that event meant, folks. Why? This is not part of the mystery because why? It was spoken of where? In the Old Testament, and it also occurred just before the day of Pentecost. Amen? The tribulation is not included in the mystery. Why? This event, this, this event takes place after the rapture of the church. And it's well documented in the Old Testament. Most of the chapter, verses, and descriptions of tribulation are found where? They're found in Zechariah, found in Joel, found in Isaiah, and found in Ezekiel. Come on, there are great lengthy chapters describing the tribulation in the Old Testament. Are you with me out here? So they're not part of the what? Mystery. The next not included in the mystery is the battle of Armageddon. 
which is going to be the greatest battle ever fought in the history of mankind. And that's called the what? The battle what? Armageddon. It's not part of the mystery because why? It takes place at the end of tribulation. Next, not included, is the second coming of Jesus. Somebody say second coming of Jesus. In other words, it's the time period where Jesus will, will physically come to the earth and establish his kingdom. And some people get confused with the second coming of Jesus. That is not the rapture of the church. At the rapture of the church, the Bible says he will appear and we'll be taken up. The second coming where he will physically touch his feet on the ground, folks. Come on, are you with me out here? But this occurs after, at the end of tribulation, and it's not part of the what? Mystery. The last one not included is the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, where there will be a thousand years of peace. No devil, no demons, no temptations. Your flesh won't be crawling no more. No cravings. No lust. I should have got a bigger amen than that. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Where Jesus was what? Here, rule and reign for a thousand years. And some of the greatest passages of the millennium are found, in, once again, in Isaiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Zechariah. Understand this. If an event occurs before the day of Pentecost, it is not part of the mystery. If it occurs after the rapture, it is not part of the mystery. You got it? If it occurs, what? Before the day of Pentecost, it's not part of the mystery. If it occurs when? After the rapture, it's not part of the Mystery. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. This entire chapter is on the resurrection or the rapture of the church. Come on, we're almost done. You said amen, copy loud. You guys. <laughs> I know that voice from anywhere. Amen. <laughs> First Corinthians 15 1. He says, Behold, I what? Show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Changed. Somebody say, Thank God for a change. He said, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must what? Put on immortality. Notice in verse 51, he describes the rapture of the church as a mystery. Amen? Why? Because it will be the final event before the mystery ends. Did you hear me? It will be the what? Final event before the mystery ends. Again, the mystery begins what? With the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it'll end when? With the rapture of the church. And see, the Old Testament prophets spoke of the second coming of Jesus, but none of them talked about the rapture because why? It was hidden. 
It was what? Hidden. Even Jesus did not discuss the rapture. He talked about his second coming. And some people confuse the rapture when he's talking about some of the things in like Matthew 24. They think he's talking about the rapture, but he's not. He's talking about his second coming. Amen. When one shall be taken and one left. You read that before? People think he's talking about the rapture, but he's not. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, if Jesus had talked about the rapture with the disciples, they would not have understood because why? They did not understand what the church was, much less the rapture of the church. They didn't understand what the church was, folks. And see, we're drawing near to the end of this dispensation. We're drawing into the near of the church age. Are you following me out here? Amen. Glory to God. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. The earth will return to the remaining seven years of the Jewish age followed by the second coming of Jesus and that thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very soon, folks. Are you listening to me out here? Amen. He said, when you see the signs of the time, know that the end is drawing near. We're seeing signs on top of signs on top of signs. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So make sure you get your house in order. Make sure you get your house in order. This is not the time to be in the wrong place at the wrong time doing some stupid thing. Hallelujah. All his about eyes closed in prayer.